This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. We are your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B and other places, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today's Friday, October 15th. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jason Shepard, and joining me from Waco, Texas, once again, a guy who hopes the sailor coog on the back of the helmet is a sign of bigger and better things. He is Spencer Linton. Hello, Spencer. Absolutely, Shep. It's great to be with you. The Big 12 Brotherhood is in full effect down here in Waco. More details on that. But yes, this has now become what Billy Nixon, the equipment director for BYU football, is calling the Sailor Game. And I love the adaptability of Dr. Nixon and his equipment team to add the Sailor Coog sticker to the back of the navy blue BYU helmets that will be on display tomorrow. So not only will the Bears be rocking the Sailor Bear helmet as part of their homecoming tradition, now BYU is going to have this Sailor Coog sticker on the back of those beautiful matte navy helmets, Jason. And by the way, I will continue to openly and shamelessly compliment Billy Nixon until he adds me to his special list and starts to give us some of that free swag. Look, will you join me in this effort? Uh, you know I will join you. I, I will happily join the effort to, to get more free gear. There's no question about that. <laughs> but like, so it's, we're, we're trying to remember, we believe this is the very first time that the Sailor Coog has ever been put, whether it's a sticker or it's the side of the helmet that any, at any point has ever been on a BYU football helmet. So like we're talking, this is major, major news. We know how people love the Sailor Coog logo. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if maybe like, you know those reward helmet stickers that Ty Detmer used to get for throwing so many touchdown passes or any of the BYU quarterbacks when they were awarded uh, for, for good play. I, I don't remember if the Sailor Coog was ever one of those little helmet stickers that they put on. I don't think it was. I don't believe so it was. I, I tend to agree with yeah, I tend to agree with you that this is the first time we've seen like that prominent of a Sailor Coog on any BYU helmet. Just maybe this is the precursor to something a little bit more, I don't know, audacious and there is just a straight up Sailor Coog helmet at some point introduced. I'm starting to feel like Billy Nixon and his equipment team are feeling more liberties to do stuff like this. I think this is cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, baby steps, you know, you start out with a sticker and then eventually maybe you're able to, uh, <laughs> to have a full helmet that has it on both sides. All right, here's your show lineup for today. What is the most important thing that BYU has to do for victory in Waco tomorrow? Also, John Morris, he is the voice of the Baylor Bears. He'll join us to preview the matchup. Also tell us what Baylor fans think of BYU joining the Big 12. Spencer, you were obviously able to see that kind of up close how they feel. Plus, 15th ranked at BYU Women's Soccer hosting Pacific tomorrow. My cousin, Jamie Shepard, stops by to talk the beautiful game. Time to bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. All right, Jason, let's start with number 19 ranked BYU football, of course, in Waco for the first time since 1983. The first matchup between these teams since BYU's national championship run in 1984. Tomorrow, Saturday afternoon football, 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain Time for you BYU fans still watching in the Mountain Time Zone. Of note, BYU this season is 2-0 as an underdog. The Cougars were underdogs to the Utah Utes and to the Arizona State Sun Devils. 
They are a six-point underdog to Baylor right now. Perhaps that means good things. While you think about that, Baylor head coach Dave Aranda knows all too well just how motivated BYU is to bounce back in this game. I know that BYU is going to be an angry team, and they're going to be motivated, and they're going to want the stage to show that they belong. And so I think, you know, I think from a big picture view, I can see kind of that question, I think, from our seat and what's in front of our windshield. It's more of uh, here's a team that's looking to prove something and um, with bringing some intensity that we have to exceed. Coach Aranda. The Cougars would love nothing more than to prove that they belong, Jason, and get to 6-1. and one. Absolutely. Coach Aranda, a very chill guy in his interviews. BYU men's basketball picked to finish second in the West Coast Conference behind surprise Gonzaga. Caleb Lohner, Alex Barcella were named to the All-WCC preseason team. Cougars' first game coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks, November 4th at home versus Colorado Christian. Eighth-ranked BYU women's volleyball on the road for a significant challenge in West Coast Conference play. They opened things up at Gerson Pavilion against LMU last night and beat the Lions three sets to one. I know what you're thinking. Wait, didn't they have that long consecutive set streak going? Yes, it snaps that, but more importantly, BYU gets a win in a really tough place against a pretty good veteran team. The challenge gets even harder for BYU when they take on number 24 Pepperdine in Malibu tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Good luck to the ladies as they look to continue their dominance in WCC play. Congratulations once again goes out to Connor Mance winning the Florida State Invitational and pre-nationals race setting a course record in the 8,000 with a time of 22.47.0. BYU overall takes fourth place and that brings us to our stat of the day. Stat of the day, Connor Mance has finished in the top 10 in each of his 19 career meets. This guy is absolutely unbelievable. And every time he participates, not only do you expect him to win, but you know he's going to be in the mix. He is phenomenal. Congratulations on, a, uh, on another top 10 finish for sure. The first American national champion in NCAA Division I cross country since 2008. He's the man, Jason. It goes without saying, he just continues to uh, impress. All right, speaking of cross country, Connor and uh, his teammates on the women's side continue to do fantastic things. The number two women's cross country team will race today in Wisconsin at the Nutty Comb Invitational. By the way, five Cougars finished in the top 10 of their last meet. Good luck to those set of ladies in Wisconsin. How about this, Spencer? BYU baseball in action today. That's right, you heard it. It's the middle of October and BYU baseball facing Utah today in a fall exhibition at Smith's Ballpark in Salt Lake City. You can join myself and Tuckett Slade for the radio call on BYUCougars.com and the BYU Cougars app at 6 p.m. Eastern time. I also believe uh, that the game, you can actually watch it uh, with our audio on uh, the BYU baseball Facebook page. In the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks have put Elijah Bryan on waivers again. Makes you wonder if the Bucks are just transitioning Elijah back down to their G League team. We'll see. He was fantastic in the preseason, Jason. He averaged basically 11 points in 20 minutes per game. Had a couple of breakout performances in those preseason games. 
Elijah's doing some good things. We'll see where he lands in the G League or somewhere else, but I know this much. He's made an impression not just on the Bucks, but on other NBA teams. Hopefully he lands on a roster somewhere. Absolutely. And uh, finally, number 15 women's soccer taking on Pacific at home tomorrow at 9 Eastern time. The Cougars are 3-0 and in WCC play. You can watch on the BYU TV app and listen on BYU Radio 107.9 FM locally. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. And Spencer, for the first time this season, BYU is looking to come back from a loss on the football field. We haven't experienced it yet, but how do they do it against another very good team, the 5-1 Baylor Bears on the road? Spencer, what has to happen in your opinion for BYU to get the win in Waco? Jason, you don't have to look far for the proverbial roadmap of how BYU does this. In fact, just rewind a few games against previous Power 5 opponents. We already noted that BYU was 2-0 as an underdog against Utah and Arizona State. Well, how did BYU get it done against the Utes, and how did they get it done against the Sun Devils? One, they won the turnover battle. I know. You've heard about it all week, especially coming off four turnovers against Boise State and BYU not creating one on their own side. Okay, that's first and foremost. The defensive side of the ball for BYU needs to cause some type of havoc for Baylor. The Bears have not thrown an interception all season. However, I heard some of their fans earlier today in an interaction I had back at the hotel call Baylor perhaps a quote-unquote paper tiger. Their stats look really good, but they're worried about BYU and the Cougars ability in those five wins that BYU has put together to force turnovers. So first and foremost, create some havoc. The defense did it against Utah. They were plus two. They did it against Arizona State, certainly, in that 10-point home win. And that is the way that it starts for BYU. We talked about it yesterday, specifically with Jerem. Quieting the crowd is an imminent of imminent importance for BYU, and you can do that by creating turnovers early. And then if you notice, Jason, BYU didn't get hardly any pressure on Hank Bachmeyer yeah. and Boise State last week at that quarterback position. And that was coming off a game where Boise State surrendered six sacks to Nevada before they played at BYU. BYU's going to have to figure out how to get some pressure on the Baylor quarterback, and perhaps that leads to the first interception of the season for the Bears and a turnover that will ignite BYU. So that's where I think it starts for the Cougars. Yeah, and, and you use the term that I like, the, what, the roadmap. We, we've seen what the roadmap is for BYU victories. I mean, they're 5-1 and one for a reason. They, they're a top 20 team for a reason. It's because they've won a lot of games, and they're a really, really good team. So we know what it takes for this team to be successful, and it's not just against you know any team. We've seen them against ranked teams at the time. Now, while those teams you know may not necessarily be ranked right now, they were ranked at the time, and BYU was able to get the victories there. So as you talked about, obviously, Forcing turnovers and not turning the ball over is a big deal. That's Look, BYU had a game, a single game, where turnovers were an issue. They've had one out of six games where that was a problem. We're focusing so much on the one game and not focusing on the five games where it wasn't the problem. So what this team has not had an issue with turnovers until the one game. Now, you certainly need to make sure that it doesn't start to become a trend, but right now, that that is the the singular game where you look at it and say that was a problem. Besides that, it has not been an issue turning the ball over. I agree with you 100%. 
unlike against Boise State, you've got to find a way to put pressure on on uh, Gary. Don't call me Jerry Bohannon. And because you, he has to, you've got to make him uncomfortable. He's a guy that hasn't thrown an interception all season long. You need to put him in situations where he's going to try and force something. And then that helps creating a turnover. I also think on the offensive side, when you look at the Baylor defense, they have, even though they're five and one, they have given up rushing yards. Teams have been able to run against them. And I think that plays into exactly what, what BYU wants in terms of having Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa and whoever else may get into the game. I think a heavy dose of Tyler or Algier going north and south will pay huge dividends for BYU. And then Jaron Hall, if Jaron Hall's fully healthy, yes. we I want to see a full healthy Jaron Hall, meaning I, I want the full repertoire because last if, if defenses don't have to defend his running ability, they can they can focus in on sl on slowing down Tyler Algier. So it I want to see Jaron Hall in his full Jaron Hallness which is his ability to throw, his ability to keep defenses honest because he can move and run. That's what I want to see. That's the recipe. Yes, the mere idea that Jaron Hall might run is enough to make an entire defense have to adjust how they approach the game. Just the idea of it, Jason. BYU could run one RPO, run pass option play, and Jaron runs for six yards say it happens early in the game, and now Baylor has to account mentally for that for the entire duration of the game. Just the idea of it alone forces them to think, okay, we saw what he did against Arizona State and against Utah and against Arizona and South Florida. They're going to have to account for that, and that will, by nature, open up other options for BYU. It's no secret when you look at the numbers from Pro Football Focus as it comes to Jaron Hall and what he's doing that BYU is more successful when Jaron Hall runs the ball, or at least BYU implements a couple of those run-pass options with Tyler Algier. Also of note, and we talked about this yesterday too, Mason Wake returns. Yeah. The BYU fullback is a very, very important piece of the offense and what BYU wants to do. He helps Tyler Algier spring to that second level. So Mason Wake returning. Harris Lachance, the offensive lineman, returning along with James Empey, who will be back now for two games. This is going to be a good thing for BYU if they can have their full complement of offensive linemen and their fullback back for Tyler Algier. You throw in the option of Jaron Hall running again, and then I, you know, naturally I think we start to see what BYU is capable of again in that rushing game against the Baylor defense. By the way, Spencer, are you close enough to that train where you could tell them to kind of to hold off on the whistle for a little bit? They're just like holding Listen, down the, that thing the, the whole train. way. Oh, is it the hype train? I the like that. The hype train has arrived. Okay. Yes, it's arrived in Waco, Jason. Okay, you know what? They've you've got changed to warn it. everybody that BYU's coming to town. You've, right? cha you've changed my opinion. If it's the hype train, I'm all about the sound then. I'm fine with it. If it's the hype train. Yeah. No, no, it's it's the hype train, brother. All like right. it's arrived. Let everybody know. Let's do this. All right, let's get to look and there it is. Even even louder. It's like they're watching <laughs> the show. They may be watching back. the show. It's right back. Now. Yes, it is. Yes, back. yeah. Come on through. All right. Let's get to our question of the day. <laughs> What's the most important thing BYU needs to do to ensure a win at Baylor? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter, Lance Sayers says, play a complete game, no turnovers. Hall connects with his receivers and throws downfield. Algier goes off on the ground. Defense embraces a bend, not break mentality instead of break, not bend mentality. If we can find ways to do those things, we'll leave Waco with a dub. 
It's just like eight things. It's no big deal. But look, B, like we said, though, <laughs> B, BYU has done the majority of those in every game. So I, it's not crazy to think that that's something that could happen tomorrow. These are two really good teams, but just like we knew this was going to be a tough opponent for Baylor, the Bears know BYU is a tough opponent for them as well. Certainly. And again, I'll reference the interactions I've had with Baylor fans. They are all too aware of, the, of BYU's frustration coming out the Boise State game, and they feel like the beast has awoken in BYU. We'll see if the Cougars indeed are awoken at McLean Stadium tomorrow. All right, Jason, coming up. What would you do if you were given possession of the Beehive boot? Because BYU just got it back in the football offices. Very interesting. But next, the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris, joins the show. We'll talk the Sailor game when we come back. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Countdown to kickoff. Get you ready for the 19th-ranked BYU Cougars on the road at Baylor. Join Dave, Blaine, David, and Spencer as they give you pregame interviews and analysis leading up to game time. Watch live on Saturday, 2 Eastern, on BYU TV and the app. We are live in Studio B as well as outside McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas. BYU Sports Nation is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. Jason Shepard alongside Spencer Linton and joining us now, very happy to have the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris. John, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. We appreciate it. You bet, Jason. Great to be on with you. Spencer, welcome to Waco. Uh, hope to have a little more sunshine for you tomorrow. It's going to be it's going to be perfect tomorrow. It's supposed to be a high in the low 70s and sunshine. I mean, we want BYU to feel welcome when you come to Waco. So we're going to roll out the red carpet weather-wise tomorrow. Well, uh, I will uh, I will be back in I think 40 degree weather there, John. So uh, it'll be a, I'll probably have a few more layers than maybe you guys will in uh, in Waco. But you touched on something. Um, you have been a big proponent of BYU joining the Big 12. Now that that is official and it's happening in 2023, how was that news received in the Waco area and among uh, the Baylor fans? Well, uh, and I love it and congratulations and, and can't wait till BYU is a full member, you know, of the Big 12 in a couple of years. Um, you know, disappointing that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. We've got a great, you know, long-standing rivalry with both those schools, especially Texas. 100 miles down the road in Austin. I mean, that goes back to, uh, you know, the early 1900s that we've been playing Texas in every sport. So, you know, hate to see them go, but they've made their decision. And, uh, you know, good riddance. Just go. And uh, we're going to move forward. And I think it's a very positive step moving forward to add the four schools like BYU and Houston and Cincinnati and UCF. I'm really excited about it. I, I, I prefer to look at the positives of that and the four new schools that are coming into the Big 12 and the new rivalries we'll have with schools like BYU. So I'm really looking forward to it as we uh, move on into the future. John, we're already seeing the welcome from Baylor University and several local establishments in the area 
welcoming BYU with official signs, which is a very cool thing. When the game happens tomorrow, however, obviously it becomes about business. And you got a couple of five-in-one teams. BYU is very hungry and motivated after a frustrating home loss to Boise State. Baylor is a team that knows BYU well with offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes being at BYU just last year along with offensive line coach Eric Mateos. When you think about that coaching change and the shift from offensive coordinator at BYU to Baylor with Jeff Grimes, how much of an advantage does that create for the Bears as they prepare for BYU tomorrow? Uh, it's huge, and man, we are so glad to have Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos, and then Matt Mitchell is one of our quality uh, control coaches that came from BYU. He's here also. Uh, nice backdrop, by the way, Spencer. You've got a better backdrop than I do, and you're, <laughs> we're both in Waco. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, it is so it is so great to have them here. And uh, you guys can appreciate what quality men they are and what quality coaches they are. And it has just uh, completely revitalized our offense. Baylor last year really struggled offensively, and the record showed at 2-7. and seven. So Coach Aranda, give him credit. He knew he need, needed to make changes and went out and identified Coach Grimes and Coach Mateos and got them to come here. And uh, last year, for example, Baylor was running the ball uh, like 90.3 yards per game. That was it, last in the league, dead last, and knew they had to be better at that. So bring in the wide zone offense and what Coach Grimes and Coach Mateos are doing. And uh, we're, uh, I think, third in the league in rush offense right now and have been number one in the league and uh, top 10 in the nation earlier this year. So it has really been um, uh, very refreshing and uh, revitalizing for our offense, and the numbers show it. So give those guys a lot of credit and give our players credit for buying into that new system and then performing it really, really well so far. John Morris, the voice of the Baylor Bears, joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. And, and John, you may have just answered the question right there in terms of the, the way that the offense has improved from last year and certainly the numbers that are being put up. But as Spencer mentioned, both teams five and one, both teams very good programs. From your perspective, what do you believe is the reason or maybe the biggest reason for the five and one start for Baylor? Yeah, well that Jason, that's a big part of it. You know, just the improvement in offense and, uh, you know, just having a pulse on <laughs> offense is an improvement this year. And it's much more than that. But that is a huge part of it. Uh, and then defensively, we have 10 starters back. So that defense has just taken another step forward uh, under Ron Roberts, the defensive coordinator. You know, no change in the coaches on the defensive side, no change in the system defensively and some really good players, you know, another year back, a lot of seniors on that defensive side. So that's that that's a couple of things. Uh, and then just the you know, just the full season that we've had. Uh, it wasn't fair to Coach Aranda last year to have his first year as a head coach the covid protocols no spring practice meeting his players over zoom all of that so it's been just you know a more uh, regular season this year leading into the year through fall camp and into the season so far so i think it's the natural progression you would like to see uh, for a head coach and his staff in their second year John, as you look at BYU coming off the loss to Boise State, and the Cougars are a six-point underdog at McLean Stadium against Baylor tomorrow, what's the biggest concern for Baylor as they face this BYU team in terms of schematically preparing for this Cougars team? 
Well, you guys mentioned it earlier. Uh, you know, Jeff Grimes and Coach Mateos may have some uh, in, intrinsic knowledge about BYU. I think BYU's got some knowledge <laughs> about what Coach Grimes wants to do also, right? That sort of goes both ways. So I think that's a bit of a concern. Uh, coaches will change up some signaling and some, uh, you know, ch- uh, calls at the line of scrimmage. They'll, they'll do that knowing that BYU might know the terminology that these coaches used when they were there at Provo. Um, so that's one thing. But just, uh, you know, great respect for BYU. And Coach uh, Aranda has talked about, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, veteran guys that they have and the older guys that they have uh, on their team and how much of an advantage that is. Jaron Hall looks like he's going great. I mean, he's going to be uh, another in a string of really good quarterbacks we have already seen this year. Uh, and then Tyler Algiers, uh, you know, some teams have run the ball uh, pretty effectively against Baylor. So Algiers is going to be a real key trying to slow him down or keep him in check, uh, you know, to some level in the game tomorrow. John, that's perfect. And what I wanted to ask you next, I wanted to ask you about the defense and giving up the rushing yards. Now, obviously, it hasn't affected the team in terms of wins and losses, but how much of a concern is that moving forward that even though Baylor's continuing to win these games, teams are running the ball against the defense? Yeah, uh, a concern and uh, legitimate, but, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, in our league, in our league, you'll see that it's pick your poison. You know, some schools may run the ball very effectively. I mean, TCU had 400 rushing yards last week and went over Texas Tech, 400 rushing yards. And we have seen some of that against Baylor this year. But then, you know, if you sell out to uh, to stop the run, uh, what does that open up on the backside? So uh, it, it's got to be a complete team effort defensively. Again, Algiers is going to be a real key slowing him down tomorrow. Uh, keeping him, you know, within a reasonable number of yards. And, uh, uh, but then our, our backside defensively, our defensive backs are, are really good veteran guys. Uh, you know, they're all uh, fourth, fifth, sometimes six-year uh, guys back there in the secondary. So it's got to be a total team effort defensively to have a chance in this game against BYU. John Morris, the play-by-play voice of the Baylor Bears, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. John, you can see from uh, the stadium set up behind me and just the overall area, this is an amazing place for a college football game. It's the homecoming celebration for Baylor. You were keen to point out last time we talked to you just how important it is to the community here. What can BYU fans that are making the trip to Waco expect from the homecoming celebration and set up tomorrow when they come to the game? Oh, yeah, that's great, Spencer. Spencer, you got an invitation. Come join us uh, like 8 a.m. tomorrow for the parade. You want to do that? (laughs) We've got a big homecoming parade tomorrow morning. I hear you. Yeah, I I don't want to, but I will be there tomorrow morning. Uh, But it's just homecoming (laughs) is just special at Baylor. Uh, You know, some schools, it's it's sort of passe and it's not a big deal. But let me tell you, it is a really big deal here at Baylor. There's so much history and tradition, and we like to uh, welcome our alums to come back, you know, to come back home to Baylor. Uh, Baylor has the oldest homecoming of any school in the nation, goes back to 1909, and uh, and we're proud of that. You know, we do a lot of things. It's kind of a week-long celebration of events. Tonight we'll have a, a pep rally and bonfire, and uh, Coach Aranda will be there. Uh, RG3 is going to make an appearance at the uh, pep rally coming up tonight. And then the parade is bright and early tomorrow morning from downtown Waco right through the heart of campus. 
And it is, uh, it's unbelievable the number of people that are there on campus that come back and make it a point to be there for the parade. So, uh, and then we go into the game, and in my mind, you know, the game is the centerpiece of, of the entire homecoming week. And what a great uh, matchup with BYU we have for that. So, all that to say, uh, I think our, our fans will be very welcoming of, of uh, BYU and their fans. Uh, President Worthen is riding in the homecoming parade tomorrow, so I think that's a really cool deal. And I think we'll have some pregame uh, welcomes and presentations. Then it's all business when we kick off. You guys understand that, right? <laughs> yeah, we certainly we certainly know this is a big game for both. Uh, John, this may be the most important question I ask you. Are Chip and Joanna going to be at the game tomorrow? Because that's what a lot of people want to know. Uh, good, <laughs> sure, good question. Inquiring minds want to know. They have a suite at McLean Stadium, and uh, most often they are here. So for homecoming, and they're both Baylor grads, I'm guessing they'll both be here. But uh, to be honest, Chip and I haven't uh, texted in the last couple of days. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> John, great stuff. Thank you so much. And the fact that you can text Chip Gaines makes him extremely jealous right now. Uh, great stuff as always. Appreciate the insight. I will talk to you tomorrow on radio pregame, so you're not done with me. Uh, but thank you so much. And uh, I think we're all expecting a good one tomorrow. Thanks, John. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Jason Spencer, thank you guys very much. And, and we really are excited to have BYU here and to have BYU coming in as a member of the Big 12 Conference. Thank you very much. John Morris, the voice of the Baylor Bears, just hearing other people talk about the fact that BYU is joining the Big 12. Even yes. this many weeks yes. you know, after, it just brings a smile to my face. I, uh, I am so excited about that. And this is obviously our first taste of it. This is going to be really cool. Yeah, Jason, I'm feeling torn emotions here because – but everybody in Waco has been so nice, and John is amazing. It's hard not to want good things for Baylor, right? It's hard to root against them because they've been so kind. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling torn. But as he, as he mentioned, when the game starts, it's all business tomorrow. After the game's over, then you can root for Baylor and uh, show all the love you want to John and all the Waco community. Absolutely. What's coming up? All right, uh, it's the Shep Show. Not only are you hosting back in Provo, my friend, we're gonna talk with BYU women's soccer star, Jamie Shepard, as the Cougars look to keep rolling in West Coast Conference play. That's right. Also, will BYU hoops be better or worse than what the coaches are giving them credit for? This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm about to go after some flies right now, by the way. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tomorrow is game day, which means Kiki's getting you ready for BYU versus Baylor on BYUSN right now. That'll be dropping tonight from the field to the stands to the hand signals. You can see it all tonight on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. He is Spencer in Waco. I am Jason taking care of one of two flies that have been buzzing around my face during this entire show. <laughs> So if you see me like doing this kind of stuff, it's because there's there's a fly that's just really giving me some problems. I uh, want to yeah, remind you to, yeah, inter Jason. to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Also, you can uh, maybe send something through on any of those social media platforms on how to get rid of flies. Yeah, can I just give you an early rising shout out for taking care of one of those super pesky, annoying flies? And Jason, let's give uh, an early rise and shout out to uh, the BYU women's cross country team. We just finished their meet at the Nutty Comb Invitational. We're understanding they finished third as a team. Haley Johnson finished second overall individually. Congratulations to them as well. How about, uh, 
How about we whip it? Let's do that. Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain, Man Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Spencer, why don't you lead us off today? All right, tomorrow will be the second of three straight afternoon kicks for BYU football. Are you enjoying the midday games, Jason? I am. I love it. Look, look, I, I'm fine whenever it is. It obviously is a lot better from like a life standpoint when things happen in the afternoon. I would certainly prefer that. Uh, but uh, but I'll, look, I'll take it. I'll take them whenever we can get them, especially good matchups like this weekend. Yeah, it's fun to play in the afternoon on a college football Saturday. Now, if BYU loses again and they suffered back-to-back -back losses against Boise State and then Baylor in the afternoon, maybe fans will not be so keen that BYU's playing at Washington State up on the Palouse in the afternoon, but we'll see. Let's just let BYU and Baylor take care of their business tomorrow in the afternoon and see what happens with the Cougars. We actually need to go back and find out how long it has been since BYU has had this many afternoon games because it seems like it's been a very very long time. All right, Spencer, how about this one? The Beehive Boot back where it belongs, back at uh, BYU. What would you do? We're going to kind of go Stanley Cup style here. What would you do with the Beehive Boot if you had it for one day? Jason, there's only one answer, and that is to line the Beehive Boot with some sort of protective material for food and fill it up with some delicious, fresh jello. That's what I would do with the beehive boot. Okay. I would eat jello out of the beehive boot. I know you're thinking I'm weird, but I think that would be hilarious. What would you do with the beehive boot? Look, if it were any other state, it would be weird. It's not weird here. We're fine. It's fine. It's one of our things. <laughs> Look, here's my question. So the beehive, if you if you notice in that picture, the beehive boot is attached. It looks like to like a piece of wood. So it's like on a stand. What I would want to do is I would want to wear the beehive boot. You know how like kickers have like one shoe one color and one shoe the other? I'd like have my Nike on one shoe and then have this this the beehive boot on the other and just walk around in it all day. If it comes off of the stand, that's what I would do. Yeah, you're just on a plank. You need an eye patch, a pirate eye patch as well if you're gonna walk around on that thing. Yar, we got the beehive boot matey, yar. Hey, you I love can, it, let's you do can, it. You can eat some marshmallow mateys out of it, staying with the pirate thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm game for whatever, man. All right, let's keep it rolling. The West Coast Conference men's basketball preseason poll was released yesterday. BYU picked to finish second. Alex Barcelo and Kayla Lohner picked to be members of that all West Coast Conference team at the end of the season. Jason, will BYU finish better than second? I'm, I would not, look, if it were any other team than Gonzaga, then I would say, yeah, chance, you got, you got a chance. It's Gonzaga. This being second is that's that's where the the drama comes in is who's yes. going to be number two. Yes. And so the fact that BYU is there, that's a good thing. Do I expect them to be higher than that, meaning better than Gonzaga this year? No, I do not. I actually appreciate the one vote that BYU gets in this poll because you can't vote for your own team. So thanks, Mark Few, for the one vote from Gonzaga for BYU to finish first. This conference is about who finishes second. And there's some drama there because typically the team that finishes second absolutely makes the NCAA tournament. So there's there's still something to achieve. The non-Gonzaga title is a real thing in the WCC. If BYU finishes second, 
they could very well be a single-digit seed once again, Jason. Yeah, there, there is nothing, there's nothing bad about being picked second behind Gonzaga. All right, last one. Jeff Goodman released a list of the not-so-secret scrimmages in college hoops this weekend. According to that list, BYU will scrimmage at Cal this week. Should the NCAA allow these to be televised? Uh, you know what? I I'm okay that they're not televised. I, I just think we have so many viewing options as it is already. Do we really care so much that we want to watch a practice scrimmage between two teams in October? We're in the middle of football season. Spencer, We're the answer is yes. We're in the middle of yes. the NBA getting going. I, no, I don't care. I really don't. Look, it's okay. I, look, let, he, let them have let them have their own secret scrimmage. Look, we, look, we're we live in a time where it's it's all access, right? We want to see more and more and more. If there was an opportunity to televise it, you better believe I'd be watching it. So yeah, I think it would be great. It's not going to happen, <laughs> but I think it'd be great. Look, and BYU TV maybe could go to Cal and do it. We've already done the one here. Let's go to Cal and do one. <laughs> more basketball, more BYU sports. I'll Give us all it. the access. I will take it. All right, Jason. Coming up, prop picks. You have a chance to actually register a point on the board. And BYU midfielder extraordinaire Jamie Shepard will join us next. We'll talk BYU women's soccer. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday night, number 15, BYU Women's Soccer hosts 9, 2, and 2 Pacific at 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. And don't forget, this is always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B as well as Waco, Texas. My name is Jason Shepard. He is Spencer Linton, and joining us via Zoom is Jamie Shepard of BYU Women's Soccer. Uh, I called her the midfielder extraordinaire. Jamie, I, I'm gonna leave this up to you because there's one thing that doesn't seem to fit here. So we've got Jason Shepard, we've got Jamie Shepard, and then Spencer yeah. Linton. I mean, one of these doesn't fit. Should we even allow Spencer to be part of this interview? No, come on, Shepherd's only. It's a Shepherd only uh, interview here, Spencer. I'm sorry. That's it. I'm out of here. Yeah, you, whatever. You know, do the interview by yourselves. I'm, I'm out of here. You take your shorts okay, and your kidding. 70 really degree weather, and you get off this stage. <laughs> Fine. I'll, I'll play along. It's okay. So, Jamie, let's start here. Um, you guys obviously having a really fun season. You're now 3-0 in conference play. You're scoring like 18 goals a game at home. Obviously not 18, but it, it sort of feels like that, and I'm sure it feels that way to the opponents. How would you describe this year so far? Um, this year has been super fun already. You know, we had a pretty tough preseason, and we're able to travel and play some good games. And now that we're in conference play, you know, we're 3-0. We're on a roll and feeling good. And so just exciting things ahead. So we're excited. How would you explain the reasoning behind BYU's ability to score so many goals? What has been the secret to this incredible offensive explosion, particularly at home? Hold on. That question just cut out. Can you say that again? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're all fascinated by how many goals BYU women's soccer is scoring as a team. 
What's the secret to scoring so many goals in these games this season? You know, that's something that our coaches emphasize big and, you know, really about scoring early. And when our team scores early, goals just start to flow. And, I mean, we're pretty hard to stop up top. We've got a really good press. And we, like I said, we, once we score early, you know, we're hard to stop. And the goals just keep coming. So, Jamie, I think the other thing that stands out to me, not just the sheer number of goals that's being scored right now, but the fact that it's 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 not coming. Obviously, Cam had the one game where she scored the four and tied the BYU record for most in a game, but it is being you know dispersed around so many different players. Nobody can relax on the opposition because a goal could come from anywhere. Absolutely, you know we got a lot of talent on this team this year and great depth. Our bench is great. Um, I think that's one thing that makes our team so dangerous is being able to score um, multiple girls. Um, we can count on them to score. You know, we're not just relying on one girl every game. And um, I think that's definitely what's making us very dangerous this year. Jamie Shepard, BYU women's soccer midfielder extraordinaire, as Jason Calder is with us on BYU Sports Nation. You play in a very, very interesting position. It's called the number six position in soccer. How would you explain what your role is on this BYU team? Because I don't think you get enough credit for what you do. So what is your role specifically for those that might not understand where you fit in the field? You guys are nice. Um, I mean, the sixth position is just more, I mean, easy to understand as a holding mid. So I play in the midfield, kind of behind that attacking mid, um, in the midfield, just connecting the defense to the offense. Um, so nothing crazy, nothing crazy, just a simple um, keeping the ball and helping get the floor. So. Jamie, you touched on the, the non-conference, and it was up and down. It's certainly not what you guys had hoped that it would be. Now, it certainly feels like it has prepared you for conference play. What do you think has been the difference in the last three games of conference where you've come out and just dominated, including a massive win to begin WCC play at Gonzaga. Yeah, for sure. We, like we mentioned, we had a pretty tough um, preseason and some games didn't go the way we obviously wanted. And, you know, we had a little break between our preseason and our conference starting. In those two weeks, we were able to just kind of regroup and get together and really tone in on some things. And it's been showing in our last three games and we've, been really able to come together and um, and I think we're at our top right now performing well and playing as a team so exciting things are going to happen. Jamie in comes a Pacific team that has nine wins two losses and two ties what do you know about the Tigers and what type of challenges they will present to BYU? Um, we've talked a lot about Pacific this week you know it's one of their better years and so we're just excited for the challenge and you know, last year we played them at home. Um, I think we got down one or two goals and we were able to fight back. So it's, it should be a tough match. We're excited for the competition and to be at home on Southfield in front of our fans. Jimmy, give everybody an idea of what this team is like uh, away from the pitch. Because, you know, I, I get an opportunity to see you guys at practice and the camaraderie and, and things like that. And you guys are a really close team. What's, what is this group like? when you guys are together?
crazy. Fun energy, man. We um, <laughs> team chemistry is great on an awful day. Um, we all get along very well and just high energy. Lots of energy, lots of dancing, singing. Um, you know, we we have a fun time together. So that's for sure. Jamie, thank you so much for I need taking to finish with this, Jamie. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to I just want to make sure that within her name, image, and likeness, still she got her Air Jordans. Did you get your Air Jordans yet? Oh yeah, baby, rocking the Air Jordans. <laughs> okay, very good. So awesome. We're lucky. That's awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for uh, for taking a few minutes. Good luck against Pacific tomorrow night. Uh, the game is at 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app as well as on BYU Radio. Thanks, Jamie. Awesome. Thank you. There we go. Jamie Shepard, BYU women's soccer. You rock. The, you have some Air Jordans. I do not have Air Jordans. I need to uh, I need to get with the program. I got to go find me some. Shep, you're an MJ guy. You, you're a guy that feels strongly he's the goat along with oh, yeah. me. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's the goat. There's no Jordans. question about it. He's the goat. I got I got to go get some. The, uh, I had some back in the day, like in 91. Yes. It was the only year I ever had Air Jordans. I need to go back and, uh, and get some. Love it. The Air Jordan 6s that year. They're fantastic. All right, Jason, coming up. Our second Rise and Shout Out. Of course, the first one went to you for killing the fly, but this one oh, has back. a barbecue tie in Texas to it. Yeah, we got we got two flies now that are back. Plus our prop picks. I get to make <laughs> picks, which means absolutely nothing because I'm so far behind. It's basically a pity pick. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Listen to complete coverage of 19th-ranked BYU at Baylor coming up tomorrow. Cougar pregame live begins at 1.30 Eastern time. I'll have that for you, followed by Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens with the call on BYU Radio and the app. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. All right, Jason, uh, let's get to some prop picks, shall we? Because it's, it's time that we make our picks and you get involved in this madness. Yes, it's finally time. Uh, prop picks this week are presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. All right, here are the standings as follows. And maybe I'm not so far behind after looking at these standings, Spitzer. Uh, Jerem is in the lead with two. Uh, you have one. Brian Logan has one. And I have zero because I have not been on a show on a Friday for a while since we started this. So I can finally get in. So uh, we'll start off with this one. First prop pick. Who will be responsible for the 11th point scored by BYU? Who you got, Spencer? Why we picked 11, I have no idea. Oh, I got... Uh, hey, it's super random. 11 is one of my favorite numbers, so I'm okay with it. I'm going to go with Tyler Algier. He is responsible for whenever BYU scores their 11th point. Hopefully it's 11, 12, 13, and 14, and the Cougars yes. have an early two-touchdown lead. Yes, that it is a second touchdown, absolutely. All right, Jerem is going to say Jaron Hall, but he's going to be even more specific and say a Jaron Hall rush. I am going to say it is an Isaac Ooh. Rex touchdown reception. All right, okay. number two, the number of Ryan Rico punts and BYU passing touchdowns combined. 
Oh man, I'm gonna go with a little bit of a lower number here just because I'm hopeful that BYU won't have to punt very much and that they'll throw a couple of touchdown passes. So I'm gonna go with four. Maybe it's uh, two Rico punts and a couple of touchdown passes to go along with the rushing touchdowns we were just referencing. Okay, you're gonna go with four. Jerem says seven. I'm gonna say five. I'm gonna say three punts, two uh, receiving touchdowns, so passing touchdown. I think you're going to have more, okay. obviously, than that because I think they'll be able to score on the ground. So I'm going to stick with five. All right, final prop pick. How many net rushing yards will Jaron Hall have? This was the first number that popped into my mind when I heard the question. It was 31. I don't know why, but I think it's going to be 31. Let's just go with it. Gut okay. instinct. Gut instinct. All right, Jerem says 39, and it's funny that you say that because I'm doing the exact same thing. As soon as I read the question, the very first number that popped into my head was 24. I have no idea why 24, <laughs> but I feel prompted that I need to go with 24. So 24 is... Uh, <laughs> Is my is my answer. So those are our prop our prop picks for today. We'll see if uh, if I can get in on this or if Jerem continues to lead uh, by the slimmest of margins, two to one over Spencer. All right, our question of the day: What is the most important thing BYU needs to do to ensure a win at Baylor? Uh, Matt Barclay on Facebook. Without the turnovers, we likely would have beaten Boise State. Also, if the bend but don't break defense is an actual strategy, it may be time to rethink it. Too many big chunks, yards, gains by opponents again and again, even without turnovers. Too many missed tackles, hold onto the ball, tackle, plug holes on rush and pass, let Jaron run a little, play to our strengths and relax. Be the team that beat Utah and ASU. That's what I'm saying. BYU, they've proven they can wow. beat good teams. So uh, I, I agree with what he said. BYU doesn't change anything. They just need to go out and do what they're normally used to doing. All right, our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Tar Heeled Cougar. Uh, he says, as Spencer Linton pointed out yesterday, they need to get into those 10-yard painted areas at the end of each side of the field, yes. a.k.a. Yes. the end zone. All right, today's rise and shout there out. There are weaknesses here, Jason. There are weaknesses BYU could exploit them getting into those little areas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rise and shout out presented by uh, Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Spencer, you saw this yesterday. Yes, I want to give it to the restaurant Coach's Barbecue Smoke. What a nice sign outside their restaurant welcoming along with Baylor University BYU to the Big 12 and to Waco. Really nice touch as BYU gets set to move into a Power 5 conference. Yeah, very, very cool. Our thanks go out to today's guests, John Morris and Jamie Shepard. For Spencer, I'm Jason. Shout out to McKay Jacobson, a Texas native. Tune in tomorrow for Countdown to Kickoff. Go Cougs!